<laughs> I love it. We can't even hold it together for the intro. <laughs> we always How about do this. scary, scary tooth stories? Ooh, I do like me a good campfire scary story. And we can have some tooth scaries, some candy scaries. Oh, but what about costuming the teeth? Ooh, I love that there is so much of a connection between Halloween and teeth. And in you know, relation, oral hair, oral care, and health. Oral oh, hair, Ooh, that could be a scary costume. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's uh, <laughs> so bad. Well, <laughs> I, I actually had a recent conversation with my dentist about the scariness of the whitening pop-ups that are coming up around town, like in strip malls and Ooh. stuff. But I mean, I think the the aesthetic space for teeth is, you know, a hot space to be. Whitening, veneers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. how else do we dress up our faces? Um, yeah. I think it's super fun. I remember going to the dentist uh, on like close to Halloween and there was a person next to me getting some beaver teeth custom made for the day, which I that's, thought was the coolest thing ever. That is really cool. I um I don't have that cool of an anecdote with the teeth experience, but coming from Houston, Texas, which I feel like is the home and birthplace of getting custom jewelry grills. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Johnny Dang and all the other dudes who <laughs> do that work down there. <laughs> but I... Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, actually. Mm. I'm, I'm horrified with myself right now. <laughs> Well, I don't have a cool, fancy grill, but it was definitely very popular in my days growing up in Houston to see people with flashy grills. And I feel like that's something that has come back around in popularity lately. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a friend in the city who is flashing a full gold grill and it's a a lot to take in, but I can't take my eyes off it. That's something related (laughs) to... um, capture someone's attention but it does pose like a couple questions and thoughts i've had lately like again in the spirit of halloween and talking about costumes and dress up and whatnot it made me wonder who you know who can or who can't play dress up with our teeth like for example um of course a dentist can provide veneers and do whitening but as you said you've also seen whitening pop-ups and malls and other public spaces and so are the people performing that work do you are they dentists are they oral care professionals is there well it's gonna depend on the state you're in um there's a lot of debate around the safety of whitening um so i went deep on this one and was disappointed. There's not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot of feel-good um, data out there. Uh, I would say that as an oral health-obsessed um, researcher, I tend towards being careful with these kinds of technologies that are going to, you know, create more sensitivity, um, degrade the microbiome potentially. Um, it's an ongoing debate um, that is still hot to this day because aesthetic services are very much never going away. And whitening is a huge industry. 
And so um, there was actually quite a few lawsuits that culminated in 2015, where the federal government basically said, um, you know, it's up to the state to regulate, but we don't find that the whitening has to be done by a dentist um, or a dental professional. And so it's on the state. And if you look at the states today, 25 of them either say, no, you have to be a dentist, or they have very ambiguous laws such that it could put somebody at risk if they were a non-dental professional because the laws are so vague. Um, But then there are two states, Ohio and and Illinois, I believe, that say anybody can offer whitening, basically. And when you look at the data for the consumer complaints versus industry trying to dictate who does whitening, the consumer complaints look like around 4%, where there's 87% industry-initiated efforts to minimize whitening by non-dental professionals. And so the Supreme Court felt like that looked like an industry hoarding because it didn't didn't seem to be a a huge safety issue. But I'm going to say this. We still have Listerine in market, and yet we have quite a lot of data suggesting that over-the-counter mouthwashes put us at a slightly higher risk for cardiovascular issues. Um, And so I think that we possibly don't know enough about oral health or take it seriously enough generally to really be good at creating laws around it. So I'm just going to put that in as kind of the scary TBD of what we've been doing to our mouths for the last 50 years or so. 70 years? 70 years. Wow. Wow. I had no idea that the Supreme Court <laughs> has actually been brought to the table to to chew on this topic. Yes, it was um, primarily in Alabama and I believe South Carolina that initiated those legal um, battles. But that was a 2015 outcome. Um, so it's really pushed to the state to regulate that space. But that's uh, that's whitening. So um, wow, wow. I I personally have still never done a whitening treatment on myself, Um, and uh, and yet I just had my veneers redone. Um, I have two veneers that I got a thousand years ago, and veneers are another way to decorate the teeth. And I have to admit, I'm still a little confused as if I should have done a whitening prior to having my Mm -hmm. veneers redone. Because that that's the opportunity, because once you have them colored, then you're kind of stuck with that color, right? Mm-hmm. But then I just decided to be conservative and have real colored teeth. So mm-hmm. I'm deeply committed to this non-super white space. But I did want to talk about the veneer aspect of dentistry. And um, I ended up getting veneers, I don't know, I was in my early 20s, just two, because I had a root canal on one of my incisors when I was 19. And uh, it was starting to become discolored, but I didn't want to cap it at that time. Mm. And so I started the veneers and the tooth next door was slightly crooked. So we just built that one out to make Mm. it look more flush with the rest. And um, anyway, so I've had them redone. This is my fourth time, I believe. Actually, I had to cap them this time. I lied. They're not veneers, they're caps. Uh, But so all of that to say, 
if I was young and I did a full rack of veneers, how long is that going to last? Is that a durable thing? Mm. And so I looked into the longevity. I would say that porcelain and ceramic are really the way to go in that space where composite veneers, which is what I had previously many times over, really have twice the failure rate of ceramic and porcelain. So if I was going to recommend any veneer work, I would definitely go high quality versus the composite. Um, Just for the sake of not having to redo it um, soon. But usually the, I think the longevity studies have only gone up to 14 years as, as far as I could see. And it was a very low failure rate for those two types of tech technologies. So, okay. So that's where I stand. The only other um, scary part of veneers is that in the aesthetic space, it looks like we're trending towards kind of a, a unification of a preferred all straight all, all very much standardized look and feel. And I, I'm reticent to have everybody have the same grill. Like I'd love to see variation. I like to see some flaws, which is why I'm still sporting the unwhitened version. (laughs) But um, I do like a little bit of, yeah, just slight flaws because I think it personalizes all of us. Um, But that doesn't seem to be the, the case for everybody. I think Um, And so there are some criticisms of having like the same smile across uh, Vogue and Elle and all of our fashion um, (laughs) places. Do you think Hollywood or a dentist slash dentistry gets more to blame for that quote unquote standardization? That's a great question. Um, I actually don't know. That's a great question. What I will say is that natural teeth have the capacity to naturally um, kind of shed and allow saliva or gingival crevice fluid to flow in ways that naturally clear the teeth of debris. I mean, with our Western diet, we do have to assist with toothbrushing and flossing. Mm -hmm. But um, when you put veneers on, you tend to have more accumulation um, in those crevices because you don't have that kind of natural propensity for the saliva and the gingival crevice fluid to flow correctly over those surfaces. So that's another caveat of the veneer treatment. Fascinating. Isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's, I, I posed that question earlier about um, who's to blame for that standardization and it's, um, with a little bit of insight on my end. So kind of a trick question, but the history is fascinating <laughs> to me and how intertwined both the role of Hollywood and cameras and the dentist, <laughs> particularly uh, because uh-huh. if you look at some of the earliest patents for a camera, they were inventors who were dentists. Really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I didn't know right? that. And um, I... Gosh, we could probably do, we should, we should do a future pod on history of many things and dentistry and oral care. Cause I think there's talking about veneers and, and crowns, like the role that played for, um, Shirley Temple and President Dwight Eisenhower <laughs> and many, many names of pop culture and history in this country, particularly and how it impacted industries such as film and Hollywood. <laughs> and whatnot but 
I digress because this is a Halloween pod. <laughs> so I, we're going to continue talking about scary things and dress up. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people dress up as celebs on Halloween, so I, it's fair That's game, true. Right? That's true. That's true. For, um, I think for a halftime question for you, do you have any costume plans for this Halloween coming up? I do. I'm going to be um, a, a moth skeleton. A moth skeleton. Yes. I love it. Yeah. How about you? This year, I do not, but I will be backpacking in Patagonia. So. Oh my gosh. I contemplated whether it was worth doing a costume on that that particular day of the trek, but in the name of, you know, being strategic with my backpack. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you can always have um, your progressive pussy mm. hat with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I could definitely bring a hat. For funsies. Mm-hmm. It'll be warm, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely cosplay with a hat. Um <laughs> Um, we'll be a quasi nature man <laughs> for a few days. Quasi nature man <laughs> with my Patagonia jacket. Just not in out, out. What was it? Out mm, into the wild. That was it. Into the wild. Yes, don't, into the wild. Just don't do that. I will not do that. Though. Good yeah. movie and story. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Great from afar. Yeah. We digress no. wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh, and why that- don't you? <laughs> Why don't you take us through this, the scarier part of Halloween, and that is, like, all of the candy. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Let's so, talk about the sweet stuff. So, though, for those who haven't listened to earlier episodes, um, you should know that I, I am a candy connoisseur. And yeah. I know way too much. I've got the receipts. I've got the medals. I've got the tooth decay to show for it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a lifelong commitment. But with that said, one of the things that recently popped up on my radar statistically that caught me by surprise is while there's been so much progress in oral care and how that's been provided to the public um, over the last 50 years or so, it's been interesting seeing how those outcomes have translated into tooth loss for different um, demographics and people in society. And so I did not realize that the average number of teeth that adults between the ages of 20 and 64 have are 25.5 teeth. Keep in mind that we technically grown and tend to have up to 32 permanent teeth if you include your wisdoms. But for those of us who experience or have to have our wisdom teeth removed, that can bring it down to 30 or down to 28. So I think that average being as high as 25.5 for ages 20 to 64 is a huge increase compared to what it looked like probably in the 70s with what we know and our lifestyle habits and whatnot. With that said, the stat that stuck out to me, which might not seem like a big thing for some, but I think it's significant nonetheless, is 2.2% of U.S. adults have no remaining teeth. Wow. Right? So for like for every 100 people you come across, there's a good chance at least two of them have no teeth. Wow. And you can imagine that number goes up when you get into 
um, the grander demographics, and particularly those who are poor or come from a disadvantaged background, those who are less educated, um, and then naturally also older people tend to be those who are more likely to have fewer teeth remaining. And so it would not be surprising if that 2.2% skews with people that have those factors. Right. So with that said, I think before diving into candy, Halloween candy, and how it can contribute to tooth loss, first we need to understand what are cavities and how do they cause. And again, I think a lot of people probably heard some version of this story, so I'll try to keep it quick. But I do want to highlight sugar is not inherently a bad thing. <laughs> it is okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes, it is okay to enjoy sugar or for most of us at least to enjoy Halloween candy um, as we approach this day. But for me to define caries or cavity, caries is essentially tooth decay that is caused by the degradation of the tooth enamel when the bacteria and microbes that live in our mouth and on our teeth and in those crevices break down the sugars from our diet. So essentially, you have a bug present in the mouth, we eat the sugars from that food, becomes part of our saliva, the bugs in our mouth consume that sugar and produce various byproducts that are acidic. And that happens like almost instantaneously and progressively while we're eating and as that sugar is introduced in the mouth environment. So you can imagine, depending on the type of candy you're eating, you may be providing those bugs more time and opportunities to produce acids that erode the tooth enamel. And that also may keep the pH of your saliva to be more acidic for longer or shorter periods of time. So now that we have a better so, understanding so of... We, I always see that yeah. streptococcal uh, species strep mutans is involved in caries. Can you walk us through how that is supposed to be the baddest bug in caries? <laughs> <laughs> Streptococcus mutans is like the Nicki Minaj of oral bugs. <laughs> and I don't mean that to have any shade towards Nicki Minaj. I mean that as like... As the baddest bee <laughs> right now, or a Megan Thee Stallion. Strep mutans, and when it comes to being able to metabolize and make the most of those with high sugar diets, strep mutans is the primary pathobion or bug responsible for chronic tooth decay. And so while there are many species of bacteria and bugs in the mouth that use sugar, they all metabolize that sugar at various rates. And streptococcus mutans has a toolkit of metabolic genes in addition to tools outside of metabolism that allows it to not only break down the sugars at a higher throughput, it also is able to withstand the changes in acidity either in the saliva or in the environment on the teeth or around the teeth throughout that process, while some other bugs are not able to withstand lower pHs or higher acidic environments. So it's this really nasty feedback loop um, that makes carry nice. such a prevalent and chronic disease for most of us who do suffer from it. Because the more yes. over time we consume these foods and have a more acidic pH, either in real time while we're eating or after the fact for 30 minutes or an hour, depending on whether you had water or whatnot, 
Streptococcus mutans just becomes more trained and more tolerant of those insidic environments to then make its ability to outcompete the other bugs in the mouth for those sugars throughout metabolism. So should we instead have mouthwashes that are like sodium hydroxide based? <laughs> right. Wow, I just got, just went whole nerd there. <laughs> right. Like, it's, I mean, I think those are questions that they've been looked at. Like, do we just put more bases in our toothpaste? And while like the idea yeah. of the surface sounds like a great idea to hopefully combat, um, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> per se. Per se. No chewing on sodium hydroxide pellets. Right. No, don't. I mean, that is so dangerous. <laughs> It's, it's so, I'm just like, being a chemistry nerd over here to ignore yeah, it, me. <laughs> it's a good question though, because it's it's um, unfortunately like once the tooth decay process starts, it sticks with you for life, and even it, it is something preventable. But once it becomes present and manifest, we're stuck with it, and that's why depending on which frame of lens you're using, caries is considered probably the most prevalent disease in the world. <laughs> Because just about every adult and just many children will experience tooth decay at some point in their life. At least for children that have their primary teeth, they end up losing those teeth and they're replaced by their permanent teeth. So they kind of get a second chance to hopefully not go down the caries path. But once your adult teeth starts to experience tooth decay, and especially if it's driven by Streptococcus mutans, then it's a... You know, it's a it's a long term game plan of management at that point. And this is where Well, you're not setting me up for Halloween in a good space. Like what am I gonna do on Halloween? And well, I wanna go trunk or treating with my kids and I'm gonna tell you right now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have at least five pieces of candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well it'll be cheat day. Yeah. Maybe maybe cheat week. I'm not sure. <laughs> and it's and it's okay to have your those cheating moments with your sweets, but I think going through this ranking of candies that are better or worse for your teeth may help inform which of those quote-unquote cheat days will be kinder to you and your teeth in the future. <laughs> and okay, so, and maybe maybe what what we could follow them up with when, when I come home after, mm-hmm. and, I don't and know, so, 10 or 15 pieces of candy. <laughs> and so again, my, my niche is not really to fully scare people about the whole Halloween candies and whatnot, because again, I think as you hear, we're going to enjoy them. But I do think this knowledge on types and formulations of candy and how we consume them and then also our hygiene habits around the management could help go a long way because Halloween is annual, guys. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> so for some of us, Halloween is every day, whether it's on the dress up. <laughs> I, I've had, I've heard of these people. I, I don't allow that stuff in my house just because it would be the same for me. <laughs> yeah, cosplay every day. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so first, I'm going to rank or chat about what are some of the best types of candies or sweets out there when it comes to yes. tooth health. Um, and I think, to me, in my opinion, I think many people may agree with this. Um, for those who love chocolate, you're doing really well here. Chocolate is awesome. one of the better, if not one of the best types of sweets, quote unquote, to consume when it comes to reducing the odds of tooth decay. And that's for a few reasons. One, 
chocolate is really easy to wash or rinse off your teeth. That's something that can naturally happen when it's saliva or, or licking your teeth or throughout the mastication process um, if you're eating or drinking other things. Um, Oh, I do. I just have to butt in and interrupt you. I was with a chocolate connoisseur and she saw me chewing my chocolate and she was appalled because (laughs) apparently you're supposed to enjoy it in your mouth as it melts naturally Mm -hmm. and just experience the texture and the flavor as it slowly melts. Mm. But I'm clearly an impatient eater. And I can't help but like have this neurotic chew going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I, of course, would have a lot more chocolate than somebody who just slowly experienced this. <laughs> yep. Mindful chocolate eating. <laughs> yeah, but her probably she had better Carrie's experience, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> well, we will get to why I think your method may be or better for your oral health profile than what she said. Do tell me. <laughs> I, I think e- even beyond the this tooth discussion, I think chocolate ranks high um, compared to many other sweets, whether we're talking about heart health or whatnot. And another fun thing about chocolate is, especially if we're talking about dark chocolate, dark chocolate has less sugar than milk chocolate exactly. and the lighter chocolates, which... Is again, less sugar means less acid production by the bugs in your mouth as ah. you eat it, and also higher pH due to less acid being produced. So those are good things. And also dark chocolate compounds have phytocomponents that may help contribute to remineralization of your enamel. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking theobromine. Yes. So again, <laughs> or like, bromine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so yeah why not eat a sweet that may also have compounds that can help your teeth remineralize after having sweets that to me Sold. sounds like a multifunctional <laughs> good product to me <laughs> yeah go no further because mm-hmm. you're about to tell me that um sour candies are terrible and i don't want to hear it oh no oh no <laughs> and so for the record sour candies are my achilles heels um they so good do not qualify as the best type of sweets for your teeth though um uh, one that does compare to chocolate in some ways though sugar-free candies so you have like these smart sweets out there and other ones that replace um our natural sugars with non-nutritive ones or sugar alternatives which can be a discussion for another day about how I feel about yeah, some of those. Talk about <laughs> nutrition and food products mm-hmm. get all caught up in the weeds of that noise. But mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking about eating candy, we're talking about something that should be done sparingly, including any food product. So mm-hmm. I think that's just, we'll table that as like, have this sparingly period. Yes, exactly. Except on Halloween. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're having sugar-free candy this Halloween, that also will probably work more in your favor of reducing the likelihood of tooth decay. And then another one or type of candy slash sweet that um, is probably underappreciated on this front is candy that has nuts in them or, you know, crunchy bits of nuts. You not only do you get a little bit of extra protein or fiber, you also have something that now provides um, an abrasive component that 
can simulate brushing your teeth, which can help remove the sugar and debris of the actual candy that's not a nut from sticking around, which therefore reduces the odds of um, having tooth decay for longer to initiate there in the mouth. So in summary, chocolate, sugar-free candy, or candy of nuts. If you can focus on those three types of categories this Halloween or just generally when you're eating sweets, you'll do your teeth more of a favor than harm when it comes to the long-term game of battling caries. Now, I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, candy with nuts, I, I would say I understand where you're coming from, but typically when I choose a candy with nuts, it has caramel in it, which I'm pretty sure is just going to push all of those nuts into my gum line. <laughs> so, so I think maybe just like a sugar-free gum is a way to follow up your candy experience mm-hmm. and also enjoy gum because we've already talked in previous episodes about how beneficial it can be for hydration and food suppression and getting food out of your teeth. But xylitol gum mm-hmm. versus xylitol candy was evaluated for oral health. And they found in a systemic review, that's a lit review, basically a very recent one. They found that the xylitol gum was actually very helpful in oral health benefits versus candy with xylitol, not so beneficial, but it didn't look like there was a negative effect. So, you know, gum to maybe get all the debris out and candy if you have an option. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I can definitely get behind (laughs) gum technologies and expanding on that category for promoting oral health and whatnot. And I think there's still more to come from that space, whether we're talking about using it as a delivery vehicle for pre, pro, or postbiotics. <laughs> mm, yes, mm-hmm. of course. But then we, we did talk about, okay, so if we're talking about removing candy at this point, you did bring up theobromine mm-hmm. in chocolate. So tell us about theobromine. Oof. Where do we get? Do we want to get into mechanisms? Do we want to get into? Well, <laughs> we could just say that it's a component of chocolate mm-hmm. um, that that has been found to have some oral health benefits, such that there's a fancy toothpaste on the market. Some of you may be aware of what's it called? Theodent. Yes. Yeah. Theodent is. <laughs> They have they have entry level toothpaste, but they're really well known for their hundred dollar chocolate toothpaste mm-hmm. proposition, which does look very fancy. I've never ordered it myself, but it is pretty packaged. I would order a sample tube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is definitely very um, eye catching packaging in the brand, mm-hmm. and I I do love the work that they've done at Theodent yeah. when it comes to providing a fluoride free option and. As you were saying about viromide and chocolate, they do have a chocolate-favored toothpaste for kids. Yes. Which, again, if you're missing out or for those of you out there who are not able to get their hands on as much candy as they'd like this Halloween and you love chocolate, maybe ask them in exchange, hey, ma, hey, pa, (laughs) give me some (laughs) theotin. It's a chocolate toothpaste. Yeah, so they they actually have done some great uh, clinical studies. They have a kids' caries study Mm. where they evaluated their um, theobromine theodent uh, toothpaste and compared it to a fluoride control and did the same benefit as the fluoride control. 
um, and actually reduced strep mutans even more than the fluoride control um, mm. and increased the pH slightly more than the fluoride control. So they looked maybe slightly better. Mm. Um, so I thought that was cool. Uh, chocolate flavored, chocolate active based system to help you through your Halloween candy experience. Yes. I think that's a nice way to move through cleaning up. But there's also how to brush your teeth. So one of the things I got to try uh, when I worked at Colgate was their magic toothbrush. And it's a device that goes on the end of your toothbrush. So mm. you can use any toothbrush that you have, a manual or an electric. The idea is to sync that device that goes on the end of your toothbrush with a phone app that follows the color coding of that device so that you have direct feedback of where you are in the mouth and how well your kids are doing at fighting the monsters in their the mouth. The monsters in their so mouth. I, <laughs> yes. And so I had my son trying it out because he was he's just as impatient as I am. And so I was trying to get him to kind of slow down. And so when you are getting a monster in one quadrant, say, um, you have to go at it for a while to achieve the diminishment of that monster via the app. So it's live feedback for your activity. That's fascinating. And so you're chasing these monsters around the mouth. And it was really fun. The, the two major caveats for our house was that you had to have a phone at the sink, which can be um, problematic with somebody who is maybe not very clean, um, like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, once they have the phone in their hand, when they're done brushing the teeth, it is like a natural progression to just deviate from the normal bedtime or, you know, getting ready for school type of situation such that they get fixated on the technology instead of what else they should be doing. So those were the two hiccups in our house, but it was by and large a, a huge improvement in his oral health approach. And I still to this day talk about getting the monsters out of your mouth. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> that's such a good story experience. And I, I love that smart brushes and technology. She's like, gosh, there's so many ways they can make what feels like a chore and hassle. And I think many parents who've dealt with kids and brushing understand this or experience it, making it fun and engaging. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it, it's super fun and engaging. My daughter had um, a really fun time with it. She was less prone to become fixated on the technology, but then my son is still present so he would still become fixated on the technology, even though she would be using it. So mm. it, it's just been, you know, a, a juggle for us as far as mm -hmm. having technology in places where you want them to be focused um, mm -hmm. on, you know, <laughs> other things. But in any case, we did do a little bit of deep dive on manual versus e-brush. Yeah. You want to take that on? Yeah. For those who, like me... As much as those best types of sweets I chatted about earlier, like chocolate and whatnot, are great, I'm, I'm going to be enjoying Sour Patch Kids, which are sticky. <laughs> I might enjoy some hard candies, too. And, you know, the, yeah. those, those are just terrible for our uh, teeth compared to chocolate and whatnot. But regardless of the candy you consume, there are some 
hygiene related questions when it comes to brushing that also I think could be misunderstood. And I wanted to highlight those here. And one that has come up both in my life and others is are electric toothbrushes or e-brushes better than manual ones? And then also when's the best time to brush when it comes to consuming sweets or candy in particularly? There's some ideas of it makes sense to brush your teeth right afterwards. Does it make more sense to brush your teeth before? And the whys and hows behind those. So first question about e-brushes, are they better or worse? There's actually been some studies that have looked into this. And spoiler alert, there's evidence that shows that e-brushes are more effective at removing plaque. Um, however, when you get into the, the nitty gritty of the results of some of these studies, no fear for those who don't have an e-brush. Using a manual brush <laughs> can be just as effective. A lot of it can be based on technique and or also toothpaste formulation. So there was a review in 2014 where they compared um, two different arms, um, those using e-brush and then those using a manual toothbrush and tracked their plaque scores over the duration of that study. And what they saw was overall those who use e-brushes had moderately less plaque and gingivitis score. And this was a study that had a little bit over 5,000 subjects. So not a small study, nice. but still um, a good amount to be able to have that type of inference from that result. Then in 2021, there was a meta study that reaffirmed these types of findings. However, while being able to remove plaque um, is a key part for brushing your teeth. As you can imagine with an e-brush having something that um, is battery powered or electric powered to spin and do all these nice things across each quadrant, depending on how much force you as the user <laughs> is using with that mm. additional power. Um, some studies have also showed that e-brushes are more likely to remove the dentin from your teeth. So while... Yeah, so <laughs> it's not a 100% happy story here. While e-brushes are generally more effective at removing plaque, they can also further erode or cause more damage to our teeth or soft tissues compared to a manual brush. So to me, the moral of the story mm -hmm. is thorough toothbrushing, whether it's with an e-brush or a manual brush. I think thorough toothbrushing with soft bristles for yeah and soft is super soft yes super, super super soft. soft bristles and doing it for two minutes is the sweet spot but really making sure you hit each quadrant and surface meaning front facing your molars and getting the inside of the crevices and the back facing sides of your teeth doing that thoroughly with a soft brush whether it's an e-brush or a manual brush is going to be effective and that is going to be particularly effective if you've had some sticky candy or you had Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do. So one of the other things I recommend for hard brushers, myself included, is a, a pinkies out approach. Yes, that's a good <laughs> so one. Pinkies out. So I actually worked on some development with a real-time feedback app for grown-ups where you have an e-brush that syncs up with an app 
to evaluate your efficacy in each quadrant as you move through them. And um, so the idea is to help you get real-time education. And so there have been a couple studies like this where you have an e-brush on both arms and one of those arms has an app associated with it. And I would say that it does appear that the education aspect does improve the outcome for those test arms of those studies. But, you know, there are cute little two-minute timers that Mm. now it seems like all kids get at the dentist um, just to make sure you're brushing for the entire time, uh, which I think is helpful because I tend to be hasty without my e-brush telling me which quadrant for how long. That's basically why I use an e-brush is so that I don't shortchange myself because I will. And then, yeah, making sure you have a soft brush with pinkies out and really getting the inside, outside, all the way around in each quadrant for equal amounts of time. I think all of those pieces are part of that educational process. And I think that even though we had real-time apps giving that feedback, I think that if the other arms were coached at the beginning to discuss what a good brushing session looks like and to really walk them through, I think they might have done you know, uh, similar, Mm -hmm. but I don't see that offered in any of the uh, studies that I saw, Mm. but I do think, you know, really being mindful is part of that. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, before we sign off, um, one last tidbit on the brushing side in relation to Halloween candy is if you think you should brush your teeth right after eating sweets, think again. (laughs) I highly recommend waiting at least 30 to 60 minutes after eating sweets before brushing your teeth because while it seems intuitive to want to remove the bugs and the sugar things that were happening or removing anything sticky, while I do think it's good to remove stickiness from your teeth with rinsing, brushing could actually make... Or, or, gum. or gum. Or gum. I think actually gum would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Brushing actually can make things worse because... Shortly after eating sweets, the pH of your saliva can drop. It's not instant, but it it happens so quickly. And it stays acidic for a period of time. And the longer you have the sweets and candies, the longer it stays acidic. And if you start brushing your teeth with a low pH, you're essentially brushing acids on and around your enamel and accelerating that enamel loss process. Ooh, ooh. So highly, highly recommend give your saliva some time, chew on some gum (laughs) or something, or rinse at least, drink water, something that helps boost the pH of your saliva higher in a shorter period of time and giving your mouth some time to quote unquote stabilize before you brush those pearly whites. Sweet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to make sure I added that before we all go. Yeah, and that's enjoy a good, some super good point. Some goodies. <laughs> I know. Go get my but, sour patch on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did, I think that covered the scary topics. We talked about a little bit of Halloween costumes, what that looks like for the teeth and mouth, and some unknown knowns when it comes to what you can and can't do in the whitening space. And again. I can't believe the Supreme Court even <laughs> addressed that. <laughs> Touched yeah, it, yeah. It's wild to me, <laughs> no. but it's good to know. 
And then we learned a bit more about Tooth Decay, some some fun facts and stats and how that feeds into which candies we may want to avoid and which ones that we might not feel as guilty about having. <laughs> I'm in. I, I'm, I definitely need all of the excuses because uh, I won't. I won't be able to stop myself. I have very little self-control, especially when my kids are like handing me candy. What am I going to say? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, for those of y'all who work in an office, um, come November 1st, probably sooner, but <laughs> come November 1st, you'll probably see a new assortment of candies ending up in the, the break room or whatnot. So, Oh, yes. every All the parents unloading the mm -hmm. goods. And so if you want to be good to your colleagues, chocolate, just, I highly recommend if you're going to bring sweets, bring in chocolate. <laughs> Just get the chocolate. <laughs> awesome. I know I'm going to go try on my costume and um, play around in the mirror. How should my makeup look? Should I wear teeth for a mouth, um, a moth costume? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think if you want it sure, to be a not, scary right? one, I mean, <laughs> if it's a skeleton, yeah, exactly. if it's a skeleton moth, I think there should definitely be teeth. In my opinion, I yeah, I love those um, those fangs that you can just make fit your teeth, and now you can get them on Amazon wherever. They're so easy to come by. I remember hunting them down in Halloween stores when I was younger, but I always wanted to wear them because they they'll stay for the day, and I I just think that is the coolest thing ever. But yeah. they have gotten really sophisticated with the gums that you apply these teeth with. And um, anyway, so you have a lot of options for dress up. I'm, I'm thrilled. That's so many. We should do a photo shoot actually. I'm so down. You know, I'm down for that. <laughs> I love it. Playing dress up, <laughs> all about that. Yes. Awesome. Well, once again, Camille, thank you for chopping it up on this Halloween edition, talking about some scary truths. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for giving me all the dang sweets I'm gonna yes, eat. Yes, for if I'll just chew gum and wait a few minutes and then I'll brush my face. Yep, highly recommend that. And don't. if anyone does have any other candy questions, <laughs> uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I, I'm your guy. Oh yeah, Jonathan's mm -hmm. the pro. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I love hanging out with you as always. As always, and until next time, keep smiling, everyone. Peace.